You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, August 7th, and I'm back in Colorado after a week out there in Santa Clara for 49ers training camp. I had a great time. You know, there's a lot of good energy around this team right now, and they just wrapped day 10 some hours ago. And so joining me to discuss the latest reports from day 10 is a special guest. And I have to do this intro justice just because I used to listen to him on the radio years back. So for me, it's dope as hell to have him on the show today. Former Bay Area radio personality for a KMEL 106 KMEL and, of course, a longtime 49er faithful Box Kev. How are you doing today, man? Steph, that was awesome. You could, you could get a job in radio any day. Trust me. You're a lot better than some of the people I used to work with. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no <laughs> well, shots, I'm, no I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. But, you know, we're here to talk 49ers camp and go through some of the latest news with the team. And now with the 49ers' first preseason game looming, Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. was asked earlier today on NFL Network how many starters he expects to have play in Vegas. And Kyle said very little. He was then later asked about Brock Purdy specifically after today's practice, and he said that Purdy will participate in both practices in Vegas, but he currently isn't expected to play in the first preseason game. But he did leave some room to change his mind, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And also, it seems like Kyle doesn't think that Brock needs to play in these preseason games but that it can help so I would expect that we do eventually see him out there maybe in the second preseason game is most likely but I'm kind of indifferent whether or not they do plan to have him out there just because I I could see the risks and the cons but I can also see the benefits of having him out there for those preseason games yeah no I agree it's it's kind of par for the course for Shanahan to kind of give us one of those answers where he can do no wrong regardless. Um, But, you know, we've seen this historically with the way that Connie Shanahan has managed the preseason in, in previous years, you know, it's been different now. Like, I guess the, what is this the second or third year that we've only had the three preseason games instead of four, Um, you know, first game is always going to be, you know, you might see the starter out there for one series, maybe two, depending on how quick that first series goes. And then it's kind of out um, and then it's going to be the backups to, to kind of get in. You know, we kind of treat now game two as we used to treat game three, which used to be kind of like more of the dress rehearsal where you would see the starters play, you know, typically like a first first half and then the backups will get in. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if if Brock plays at all. I don't necessarily agree with the uh, statement that he doesn't need to play in preseason. Um you know, but again, you know, he's practicing and, and like Shanahan had said, he's putting more stock into those kind of live practices and live scrimmages that they're going to have this week with the Raiders. So, I mean, you know, he's the coach. He's a smart guy, um, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, I don't blame him for thinking that Brock will be ready regardless, just because I, he didn't have any practice reps that one week that he had to go in and play against the Dolphins. So maybe there's some you know, just comfort there, just confidence in Brock that he'll be ready to go. I mean, he looks fine in these practices. And I, I've pointed out many times that last year's training camp, I didn't think Brock Purdy did anything special, but clearly, you know, 
Kyle Shanahan saw it from a different lens. And who knows, maybe he's seeing the same things in this year's camp and, and seeing that Brock looks great to him, right? So he did call him the real deal um, just a couple days ago. So Kyle's not just throwing those things, those words around for anybody. Clearly, I think he has some confidence in him. But despite turning in a 9 of 18 day today, it seemed like Brock Purdy had a pretty good day in the red zone. At one point, he threw three straight touchdowns in the red zone period, and that was with no Ayuk practicing right. today. He was just a rest day for Ayuk. The touchdowns were to Juwan Jennings, Tay Martin, and Willie Sneed. And two of those were covered by Charverius Ward, who we know is no slouch in coverage. Right. So uh, that that's pretty good in my book so it seems like i heard he had another scramble one too right didn't he apparently have a scramble touchdown or he had a, a play that break broke down in the red zone re-scrambled and maybe he threw a touchdown i don't know i didn't get to read the full um breakdown but yeah i mean either way that that's impressive to see that you know when the niners are in the red zone he's able to execute the offense and, and put points on the board nobody likes to walk away with three as opposed to six um Three touchdowns in a row is a lot better than five interceptions in a row. So that, you know, that's something that the Niners got going for themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trace. if <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if uh if if Shanahan thinks that he's doing enough and that everything that he's seen in, in, in the preseason um doesn't necessarily matter, and it's obviously, you know, what what's what he's doing on, on the field during practice, um, I have no reason to doubt it. Like you said, you know, he kind of came in. Um, last year and, and did his thing so you know hopefully he can he can get back to that and build upon it um, but I'm excited either way I mean it doesn't matter if it's preseason I mean last week you know last Thursday the the hall of game the hall of fame game you know you had the Browns playing the Jets and it was like the most nobody you knew you know the hall of fame games you know nobody's gonna play you know it's gonna be like the most uh you know non-interesting game but it's just a signal that football is back man finally the wait is over preseason or not um it's a 49er football game and we will all be tuned in and we'll be watching and scrutinizing more than ever yeah speaking of scrutinizing purdy did have an interception today it mm -hmm. was a pass that drake greenlaw tipped and it landed right into sean gibson's hands so first it was you know purdy's rusty when he was starting to struggle in those first few practices then it was well he's throwing to the best defense in all of football in practice right. I think we're going to have a better idea where he's at when we see him go up against the Raiders in these joint practices and in these scrimmages that they're going to have. Granted, I mean, the Raiders aren't going to be game planning against him, but I think it's just right. going to be a good, you know, measuring stick to see where Brock is at uh, in his second year and after this injury. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, you know, both things still can be true, right? That he is, in fact, you know, practicing against what will probably be an, again, one of the top defenses in the NFL. And he can also still struggle, you know, he can have his high moments and he can have his lows, but that's what practice is for. I'm actually a little bit concerned about these joint practices because we know, you know, there's that heated rival between the 49ers and Raiders that goes back, you know, 50 years or whatever, since, um, you know, the, the history of these teams being in the Bay area together, um, I don't know if you've seen the, you know, quarterback documentary that's been on Netflix, but yeah. you know, those, those moments between Max Crosby and, and Patrick Mahomes have me like a little concerned. Like we know Crosby, <laughs> like he's an elite pass rusher. There, there's no if, ands or buts. There's no way around it. He's, he's, he's really good at what he does, but he also does go a little bit above and beyond. So 
like, you know, Trent Williams and, and Colton McKivitz are going to have their work cut out for them in the, in those, uh, in those practices to protect Brock, because yeah, you know, you, you got the guys going to have the, the padded helmet on and maybe the blue Jersey, which is no contact, but you never know. Things get heated out there. It's 108 degrees in Vegas right now. <laughs> like 50 said, 50 cent one said it's hot out here and that's a good enough reason. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> stuff pops off stuff. I mean, you got into it with Jimmy Garoppolo already allegedly. Right. So yep. um, they, they gotta, they gotta protect Brock, but um, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be fun either way. There's definitely going to be a fight, like yeah. no doubt about it. And I'm right. sure Max Crosby will be at the center of it. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, he is kind of one of those players that always like toes that line. And exactly. I can see things getting a little chippy, uh, you know, because I can see the 49ers not not playing that game, you know. And right. we've already heard there was a fight at 49ers practice. At mm-hmm. least it was just one day, but. I think these guys are ready to hit another team finally. So uh, we're right. going to see some some really interesting things. Um, I think also you, you touched on the offensive line. That's another thing that I'm, I'm really looking forward to these practices on because I feel like that's one thing we haven't gotten a ton of reports about to this point, just how the offensive line is doing, how Colton McKivitz is doing. I've seen, you know, some good, things and some other days I've seen that maybe he has struggled right and that is with him not even going up against Nick Bosa right so how is he going to look against someone like Max Crosby right. I think that's some, something that needs to be answered because that'll give us a good measuring stick of how he might look in the season in that week one game against TJ Watt which we know that's going to be a very tough matchup for him right out right. of the gates so yeah and, and also the one thing that I'm looking forward to is we're going to have two perspectives of this, these scrimmages. You're going to get the 49ers side and their reporters, and you're going to get the Raiders reporter side as well. That's a good point. Yeah. I I would imagine that, you know, some of that is uh, not as biased. Well, not that, not to say that some (laughs) of the (laughs) report 49ers reporters are biased, but no, no, never. (laughs) You know, there there is some some need of, of trying to paint the nah, that, a little bit nicer. That's a very good point. I didn't I, yeah, I didn't quite think about that because yeah, I mean they're uh the the reporting that's been coming out, yes, is they 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 very much try to toe the line on being uh, unbiased when especially when it comes to the quarterback. Um but you can kind of tell there there's there's people that you could tell are probably rooting for one thing or another, but Again, you know, like it'll be exciting to see when we have a team, uh, another team out there that's going to be at the practices, that's going to have no agenda, that's going to have no locker room favorite, um, that's going to be able to report on exactly what they see. So that that is something that I didn't necessarily think about that is going to be very, I guess I'm gonna have to go back and follow a bunch of Raider reporters and inside (laughs) guys now so I can get the scoop on what's going on. I don't know about all that, but yeah, yeah, maybe uh, not it, that far. Maybe not that far. Timelines, I'm sure. Uh, and and of course, we'll we'll talk about that. By the way, those practices happen uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the, wait, or is it Thursday and Friday? I think it's Thursday, Friday, Friday so off day, Saturday, Friday. game Sunday. Yeah. Yes, that's that's it. Hey, we have a we have a comment here from Wally Lama. Is that Box Kev that made all them <laughs> slaps or same name? Were you in the I mean, pro- like were you producing some stuff too back in your day? I I I did. I did. I did I did some stuff for uh San Quinn back in the day. Um so big shout out to big big uh big brother Quinn for putting me on back in the day. Production was just something that I always loved. 
um, had the opportunity. I met him, you know, obviously working through the radio and um, my guy, Davey D, who was a, a producer and had a little studio in South City. We used to go over there and and do some stuff. And yeah, I was fortunate to do a couple of things that uh, that made it onto a Quinn project. But uh, yeah, shout out to Wally Lama, man. I appreciate the love. Bro. <laughs> That's all. I'm telling you guys, we got a Bay Area <laughs> fixture right here on the show today. That's <laughs> hilarious, you. man. That's hilarious. Someone, Brandon Glenn is asking, what about Bosa? So Bosa still not out there, of course, waiting for that extension. I completely understand why he wouldn't be out there for these practices. And yeah. also, you know, has been has been pointed out, he's never participated in a preseason game. So you know, that I'm not too worried about. But at some point, you do want him out there back with the team before week one, ideally. I'm not too worried about his conditioning so much, no. but just to get back, you know, with the team. Yeah, I agree. I think if there's any player, maybe even in the league, if you were doing a stack ranking on the who you're least worried about being conditioned and ready to play, it's Nick Bosa and probably his brother is 1B. Um, just because they have such a, a, a tight regimen and routine on on how they go about things. I've actually stood next to Nick Bosa here in Vegas and in, in the clubs like two on two separate occasions. And he is a massive human being like you don't really realize. So like to see someone that big and then to see how quick and agile and freakishly athletic he is, is just is mind boggling. But I I also think in terms of, you know, kind of my level of of panic in terms of this deal and Nick Bosa, it's it's so low. I mean, the 49ers have, have obviously shown a, a great history and track record of getting th these things done. You know, historically, they do typically try to get them done around that first week of the preseason. Um, obviously, Bosa's contract that's being negotiated is a little bit is a little bit different. You know, last year when it was, um, you know, when it was Debo and the year before that, when it was Warner and Kittle, like they've had parameters to kind of, build these contracts out uh, off of, which has made things a little bit easier. What they're about to do for Bosa is going to be groundbreaking. It's going to be historic. It's He's obviously going to be the highest paid player in the NFL defensive uh, history. Um, but it's all going to come down to those, you know, kind of fine details. You know, what is the guaranteed money? Where is the, the, the uh, workout bonuses, all that little stuff that, you know, these agents try to get in there. I'm sure that the Niners and uh, Nick, Bo Nick Bosa's, um, representation or working around on around the clock to try to get this thing done i have no doubt that it will get done just because they've been planning this for a very long time they knew it was coming um it's just how bad or how big is the bag actually going to be and in, <laughs> inside knowledge it's going to be very very big and well deserved right well deserved he's the yeah. defensive player of the year so i um, mean we we've heard rumblings that he's trying to push to be the highest paid non quarterback and yeah i mean deservedly so right if, if yeah. it comes to that i guess like probably if i had to imagine what some of the hang-ups are so far maybe some of the guarantees maybe how the contract looks in you know a couple years from now right. it's not just about the apy but how it breaks down year to year and the 49ers historically have been pretty creative in that regard but, you know, there has to be some middle ground between both sides and they could just still be hammering out the details. Brandon asks, how how many games we win this year? I think that's what you were asking, Brandon. Um, I think my prediction for the year was like 
I don't remember. I had I had it written down somewhere, but I think it was like. Have you, have you done Lund. a schedule? Have you done a schedule like game by game breakdown? Because I have. Yeah, like when the you. okay when the schedule dropped, I I did a um a game by game uh breakdown, and I I think I came away with like ten or eleven wins. Yeah, which I, I think was like pretty reasonable, even. And I think like, and I think Vegas has them at. I think is it ten and a half or an eleven and a half is what they have them in terms of of win total. So yeah, you're you're in the ballpark. I'm in the same. I think I think I obviously this the schedule is going to be a lot more difficult this year. Um, you know, just based on you know kind of how they finished last year and that they're going to be playing a lot of these first place teams and teams that were in the playoffs last year. So they're going to have a tougher schedule. With that said, um, what the Niners do and the way this team is constructed, they're built for these kind of games. Um, injuries, obviously withstanding, I can see them winning, you know, 11, 12 games. I think it's going to probably take 13 to win the NFC outright to get that number one seed. Um, I could see that it could come down to, you know, how that game against the Eagles plays out later this year, which I know everybody has circled on the calendar, but there's no reason why I did that, that the Niners should, shouldn't be, uh, division winners again. And, at least hosting one home game when the playoffs come around. I agree. And looking at, you know, the team's feelings towards all of this and their window, right? It seems like they know, they know this is like make or break time. This is the year that they're going to have to do it. They know that some of these contracts aren't going to be sustainable, I guess, on this team yeah. uh, going forward. And I'm I'm glad they have that realistic uh, outlook on it. So, it, you know, it's put up or shut up time. Let, let's see how Trey Lance did today, though. He was two of six on the day. He was um, rotating second team reps with Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also threw a touchdown today. I believe it was to Chris Conley. Um, although I did see someone say it was Isaiah Winstead. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> point is he threw a touchdown and he also had a designed run today, which we hadn't seen in all of camp mm. yet for Trey. It was a run up the middle on a QB draw. He also threw an interception. Some said that play could have been a sack from Austin Bryant, which would have, yep. of course, negated the interception. So mm-hmm. Lance was under pressure, and I believe it was uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles who came away with it. Um, and again, I mean, y- you can look at that and say this defense looks great. Austin Bryant, who they signed this offseason, hey, that's a plus that he's he's coming along well with this defense. Um, what are your thoughts on Trey Lance as a whole, um, Kev? Like, are you – would you want to see him be the starter on this team? Let's just say that Brock Purdy didn't do what he did last last year because we yeah. know that's that's going to far and away make him the QB1, and, and that mm-hmm. is the case. Um, but let's just say all things being equal, um, who would you want as a starter on this team? Well, let's just say that if I was a 49ers reporter, my reporting – and stats would be heavily skewed in Trey Lance's favor. I am a big. <laughs> You're not even hiding. Trey, I'm not. I'm not even gonna hide it. I bought a Trey Lance jersey last year. That's the first 49ers quarterback jersey that I've bought since Steve Young. Um, I I've never bought a 49er quarterback jersey, even like all the years of Jeff Garcia, Alex Smith, the like Kaepernick success. I never got on board. I just never felt like, you know, we it was like the guy. Um, I'm, I was all in on Trey Lance last year, as were the 49ers, by evidence of their plans and making him the starter in week one. Obviously, we know how that turned out. Um, I still think if if the 49ers 
were to do it all over again, I would hope that they would still select Trey Lance where they did. Um, I think that when you're in that position to take a, a franchise, uh, you know, changing quarterback, you go with the guy that has the highest upside. You know, it's not the guy who's ready to go right now. Yes, you know, injuries and timelines and all that can be altered based on different events. Uh, but I still think Trey Lance has an untapped amount of ability to be a freakishly uh, dynamic player in this league. And for the 49ers, I would love to see him succeed. I hope he gets that opportunity. Um, I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just really, really concerned about his long-term, um, you know, kind of tenure here with the 49ers based on just kind of actions and things that we've seen from the team on going out and signing Sam Darnold on day two of, uh, you know, of, of uh, free agency, bringing in Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen getting all of these reps inside. It's like, it just, I don't know, something doesn't make sense. Something smells fishy. Now it could all be that, you know, yes, they brought Brandon Allen in. Maybe he's going to be the number three and, and literally it's going to come down to Dan, uh, Darnold and Lance competing for number two. And whoever wins the job, the second person is either going to, you know, maybe asked to be traded or, or flat out released or whatever the case may be. Now I know there's some money elements of the Trey Lance deal. That's a little bit different than them Sam, than Sam Darnold's that, that makes it a little bit more uh, complicated and not as financially feasible um, so to speak. But uh, again, I'm a big, I'm a big Trey Lance supporter. I think given the opportunity to play in an offense that has all of these weapons at its disposal, I think he can do some really, really good things. And as we saw last year, I mean, he never got to play a game with Christian McCaffrey. He didn't play that week one or week two with, uh, with George Kittle. Um, you know, he, he didn't have this array of weapons around him that I think can make it a lot easier for a quarterback to succeed. Yeah, I agree. And that's like the challenge of this situation, right? They they went and signed Sam Darnold and that just and Brandon Allen and that just added another layer to this like quarterback room that mm. maybe wasn't so necessary. I like I understand that Brock was coming off his injury. They didn't know quite when he was going to be ready when they made these signings, but now we're in this spot where it's a very crowded quarterback room. And I've seen people even say like Brandon Allen looks like a backup. Like he's, he's certainly better than QB four, uh, you right. know, on, on any team that he's going to be on. So I think the true competition is between, you know, Darnold and Lance and they're fighting for the backup spot and whatever happens there, you know, happens. And based on what I saw from camp and even from some of the reports I saw, I don't know if any of these guys really separated themselves enough for there to be a clear cut answer where you yep. can say, that's the guy. I mean, it's really, I think it comes down to preference at the end of the day. And I, I agree with you, Kev. I think that Lance clearly has the tools. It's just untapped potential yeah. at this point. And do the 49ers have the patience to deal with that? Do the 49ers think he would make a suitable backup because I was talking with Vish the other day um, on the pod and you know he brought up the fact that like you know as a backup that's a slightly different role than being a starter and you want certain um, characteristics or, or um, certain skills uh, that come with being a backup and right. 
Trey Lance right now, he's he's very much like a rhythm passer. He needs mm-hmm. a, he needs those reps to get into a groove. And when he's in that groove, like he looks great, but the first few like snaps might be a little shaky until he gets yeah. in that groove, right? Is that an ideal backup? You know what I mean? Right. Because a backup's going to come in on spot duty or is going to come in to finish a game. You know, not ideally, but it it, it could happen. Uh, certainly we've seen that uh, plenty last year. Is, is Trey Lance like the kind of guy who's going to get you through and finish a game for you? Um, or, you know, if Brock was out for a few snaps and you yeah. needed Lance to go in there and finish a drive, you know, is he going to be able to do that? I think those are all like very fair questions. And at the same time, Trey Lance could still be the guy who has like the highest ceiling out of all of yeah. these guys. And that is true as well. So it's a, it's a really complicated matter and it isn't black and white. Unfortunately, there's just, there's so many layers to it. And so I think at this point, like the team has a really tough decision to make. And, you know, certainly these, these scrimmages that they're going to, have with the Raiders will give you a better idea of how, you know, these guys might look. Um, Yeah. I, I don't envy, I guess, uh, Kyle, you know, trying to come up with who's, who he's going to keep in this scenario. No, it's going to be really interesting. And the other thing too, is that like, you know, say they are able to what you've been hearing. And again, this is all, you know, um, you know, just people kind of making guesses and whatnot, you know, that the, that the Niners are going to try to convince Brandon Allen to go practice squad or whatever. It's like, well, he was also the backup in Cincinnati last year. You know, he's, he's has somewhat of a, re- a resume. Like that would be great if the Niners are able to convince him to be the number four, essentially. Um, especially now, since because of what happened to uh, the 49ers last year in the Eagles game where they have, um, you know, that extra quarterback slot, I guess, on on playoff games or whatever that they can use that they can activate an extra an extra QB if need be. I mean, do you e- either one take your pick Trey Lance or Sam Darnold are either one of those guys like if you were to look at the depth chart, do you think either one of those guys is actually going to be OK being the number three quarterback? Now, granted, given the way this this. uh you know, our history with quarterbacks, you could, the number three could very much and very quickly become the number one. But is that really, is that really what these guys are willing to accept at this point in their career? And like Sam Darnold's kind of at that point where it's, you know, figure it out or you might not be in the league anymore. Trey Lance, same thing. You know, it's, it's kind of like he's at that point where he has to show something before he's kind of just a forgotten memory. Like are these guys, either one of them really going to be okay accepting being the number three? Like that's where to me it gets a little bit dicey and I can see it more likely playing out where whoever wins that number two job is is on the team. And then they try to figure out a way to move, release, whatever that that number third person. And then, you know, it's more likely that Brandon Allen would be the number three. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, both Lance and Darnold for different reasons, like I don't think they'd be OK, clearly, with being right. like the third option on this team. Um, even despite what we saw last year, which hopefully is an anomaly and doesn't happen ever again uh, for this team. Uh, Joe E says, hope the Vegas defense is trash in the preseason game. So Trey looks like a beast. Um, sure. But you know what? I, I want to get a good look at Lance. Like I want right. a legit look at him. I, I want to see him against like an actual defense and I don't want to, 
you know, later have him in a game and because he looked great against the Raiders uh, and have him fall on his face, like in, in a regular season game, right? There's still such a small sample size on Trey that like we have no idea what he is. And I want to find out. And the sooner that we find out is, you know, him playing against, you know, legit defenses or, right. you know, because any time that Trey looks good, people who dislike Trey are going to look for any reason to discredit what he did. And they're going to say, Oh, well it was just the Raiders defense and they played like crap. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and also the preseason games, they, the defense isn't game planning for the quarterback anyway. So I would expect or hope that, you know, Trey looks good. But again, I would expect that he probably will need a few, you know, reps, maybe a series or two before he, you know, starts really getting into a groove, but yeah, hopefully that's not the case. That's, that's what I've been kind of hearing as well is that, you know, he's kind of like a slow starter at this point, which you mentioned is not ideal for a backup, but yeah, the, the Vegas defense being trashed probably, um, but you know, <laughs> does it, but are, you know, how much, again, how much stock are we really going to put into this? How much stock is, is Shanahan going to put into this? I think it is going to be really interesting. And again, I know that no matter what, you know, if Shanahan is asked, what does this mean? You know, who is he going to pick as the quote unquote starter for that game? If Brock Purdy does in fact not play, is Trey Lance going to get the first the first snaps? Is Sam Darnold going to get the first snaps? Um, are we to put any stock into that? Are we to say, okay, well, he got the, you know, is, is or more than likely what's going to happen is Shanahan's going to, as I think, I think Trey Lance is going to start against the Raiders. And then I can see Sam Darnold coming in as the number two quarterback behind Brock in the second preseason game and despite Shanahan saying that Brock doesn't need to play any preseason there I can pretty much guarantee you that Brock will play in some form or fashion in the second preseason game I think so too I mean even Jimmy Garoppolo played right like in a preseason game last year so I would expect about the same and they've been doing this back and forth rotation thing with Lance and Darnold and they've they have actually done a really good job of keeping it even. And I've, I've been surprised the fact that maybe it stayed even this long tells you that I don't think either of them have, yeah, Yeah. neither of them have really run away with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, they each do different things. Well, so that's all we have so far. Hopefully at some point these guys can, can separate or show us a little bit more where the decision becomes a little bit easier for Kyle. Um, but right now I'm, I'm just not sure, but Kev, there, there are other positions to talk about and Mm. not just the quarterback, um, and a lot of excitement around some of those other positions. What, what's like a position that you're most looking forward to, uh, this season for the 49ers? I think it always for the 49ers is, is about the, the trenches, you know, both sides of the ball, the, the offensive line, as we talked, kind of touched on earlier, there's a lot of unknowns there. There's a lot of question marks, kind of the same way it was last year. We weren't necessarily sure if Aaron Banks was going to be ready. Um, you know, obviously turnover at the center position. And, you know, I think it was three, three-fifths of the line, right, was brand-new starters last year. Um, this year, kind of more of the same. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that offensive line is able to pass protect. Um, from everything that I've been reading, it doesn't sound like there's been a whole lot of success running the ball to the right side, um, which say what you want about Mike McGlinchey, full admission, I was never a big fan. 
run blocking was something that he actually did fairly well. It was the pass blocking where he always kind of struggled. Um, And I've been hearing that, you know, there's been nothing there on the right side when the Niners have tried to run the ball and that all of the success or chunk plays have kind of gone to the left on, on Aaron Banks and and, and Trent Williams side, which is to be expected. Um, So yeah, I'm really interested to see how that's going to play out the cohesiveness of this line, if they can put it together. And like I said, protect these quarterbacks and give them enough time for Shanahan's offense to be effective. And then obviously on the defensive side of the ball, right? Like they made a huge investment in bringing Hargrave over from the Eagles. I think that that's going to pay huge dividends for what this pass rush can be. Um, last year, it was kind of Nick Bosa or bust. Um, and it still might very much be that way in terms of the guy who's putting up the numbers. Um, but I think everybody along that line should see a lot more success. I'm really excited to see Drake Jackson take that jump. I'm really excited to see if uh, if Kinlaw can actually stay healthy and 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 put together um, you know a successful season and and what that might potentially look like. I've been already hearing great things about like Taco Charlton, who they literally just scooped up off the freaking scrap heap like a couple days ago. Um, so if we know one thing, it's that Chris Kerserik is always going to have these guys ready to play. The defensive line is the kind of backbone for the defense. It kind of is what allows us to be successful. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see how they kind of come together and take that next step. Um, especially, like I said, with adding Hargrave and Drake Jackson seems to be kind of the leader in the clubhouse at this point, who's going to be on that opposite side of Nick Bosa. Obviously, you have Armstead there, who's a seasoned vet. Um, but being able to have that depth and people that you can change in um, playing and play out that can still get after the quarterback, that's going to be paramount for the 49ers because, again, last year it was kind of like Nick Bosa or bust. I think, was it Ebukam who was second on the team yeah. in sacks last year? And he had maybe, what was it, like five, five and a half, something around there. So um, it could be higher. I could be way off on that. But um, I know that we need to see more production out of the pass rush in terms of uh, those sack numbers. Um, and I think that they've, they've, they've done a lot to upgrade on that side of the ball. And, uh, I think we should see the rewards of that this year. Yeah, I think so too. I, you know, with offensive line right now, I'm not, I guess, like too worried about Colton McKivitz. I, I don't think we've seen enough to really like be worried quite yet. The questions mm-hmm. make sense. I think the depth is, is kind of what's, you know, worrying me right now or right. starting to just because Aaron Banks, he's been out with a concussion. Um, Trent Williams doesn't practice every single day, or at least he doesn't, you know, uh, he doesn't participate in the team periods every day. So we get an extended look at Jalen Moore. Well, Jalen Moore's hurt. So now we have Matt Pryor. Uh, so you're really getting a better look at your depth, but is is that depth holding up, you know? Um, and I don't know if it is. That being said, like the offensive line is, you know, notorious for getting better as the season goes on, right? Like they, they get the cohesion and, and they improve. So I'm encouraged by the fact that most of those same guys are returning from the previous season. So it's really just Colton McKivitz, who's the new starter, and he's been with the team. So I'm... I'm not too worried about it, but I, I understand the questions. And the defensive line is just an embarrassment of riches, like from top to bottom. I mean, the fact that, you know, they could sign Taco basically off the street and he's like coming in and making plays. And and now you're at this point where 
could he actually make the 53? Like, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe not even because this defensive line is so deep that even he who is making plays um, and making some splashes in, in training camp might not even make the roster, right? So that tells you just how deep this unit is. But for me, I think the one unit that I'm looking forward to the most and I expect a big jump in growth is the secondary. And, yeah. and I think that has a lot to do with uh, Steve Wilkes and just his impact on this team. I mean, I, I saw him working exclusively with the secondary in all of the training camp practices. I think some of that has to do with, um, you know, they're not really changing much on the defense side of the ball as a whole. Um, and that's been said over and over again that, you know, it's not broke, so don't fix it. They want to keep the same, you know, defensive scheme or the foundation of it for the most part. I think we'll still see, you know, more blitzing. Uh, but for the most part, it's going to be about the same. So the secondary, I think, is the area that could use the biggest growth. Um, and I think they're going to get it with Steve Wilkes, you know, teaching these guys. He's been really hands on, um, you know, even in drills. It's like if they look if they do something wrong in a drill, he, he like, you know, calls them over and he's like, you know, he's telling them what to do and how to do it. And he's coaching them. That's crazy. He's coaching them. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny is like a lot of people bring up the fact that Washington is not that way. Exactly. Um, That's what I was kind of alluding to. Yeah. yeah, So, but you know, I, I, I still feel like Steve Wilkes is even more hands-on like, yeah, all these Mm -hmm. coaches, all the positional coaches coach these guys, but it's nice to see. uh, And the the fact that he's working exclusively with the DBs, I I think is great because they do have a lot of young guys in that room. uh, Like, Lenore, Ambry Thomas, Womack, uh, Jair Brown, right? Even Hufunga, I'd say, is still pretty young. Charverius Ward has said, like, with Steve Wilkes, he feels like he can have an all-pro year. And, you know, why not, right? I, I feel like he could. He definitely has a talent. It was just, you know, maybe there were some things missing uh, from what they were getting out of D'Amico and, and Sala, who yeah. were more linebacker. Linebacker-focused, um, yeah. Yeah, linebacker-focused. So, yeah, I think this is going to be great for for that group. And, you know, we're hearing that Deshaun Jameson has really come along. I think he was an undrafted free agent, actually. So to hear that you know, he's he's getting better. I, I like Quantrez Knight a lot as well. Uh, so some of these guys who are maybe like bubble players or some of their depth, I expect that they'll be, you know, really solid. And hopefully we don't see injuries happen to the starters, but – if we do, I think everyone's going to be, you know, pretty ready. No, I agree. I think the secondary has to take a huge step forward this year because, uh, you know, like you said, the injuries and all that and having to play the the young guys last year kind of really hurt us. And I think that extra year for Hufanga is going to be huge. I can see Hufanga being, I mean, you know, he kind of made uh, his name last year kind of early on. Um, I don't want to say that he kind of tailed off towards the back end of, of the year, but uh, we know that Hufanga kind of likes to cheat, and we've seen him kind of get burnt over the top a little bit. I can see him making a huge improvement in jump this year. Gibson, I mean, I see his name on Twitter like all day, every day, that he's, you know, the guy that's in on everything, breaking up a play, picking off something. So, um, and you know, again, going back to going back to that pass rush. What 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 is a what is a secondary's best friend? It's an elite pass rush, and exactly. you know, those guys getting to the quarterback and in that fast of a time is only going to make the secondary that much better. They're not going to have to be out there 
kind of covering as long. Um, so I could see that this defense as a whole overall, um, to think that they could be better and build on what they already did last year, because last year they are already so good, um, is scary for the NFL, I will say flat out. And and vice versa to that point, though, because if yeah. the secondary is playing good ball, it makes it easier. You could get a coverage sack, you know what I mean? Right. So I think we'll we'll probably see more of those as well. Um, but look, we're we're about 40 minutes here. I mean, I know you being in Vegas, Kev, you're going to have your ear to the ground on what's going on in these joint practices. Absolutely. What is like the the thing you're going to be paying attention to the most? It doesn't necessarily be have to be like a specific position group, but just as in general with this team, what are you going to be keeping an eye on? Uh, in terms of like the joint practices this week? Yeah. Um, I think it's, again, I hate to keep like beating this dead horse, but it's the quarterback play, right? It's going to be like how, it's because Shanahan said, right? He's the one who told us, I'm going to put more stock into these joint practices and these scrimmages than the preseason. Okay, well then so are we, right? We're going to be <laughs> scrutinizing and paying attention and, and looking at the stat lines from the guys that are able to be there reporting on it and, you know, dissecting every throw and, and everything to see um you know like you said these nobody's really kind of separated themselves from one another we've just been hearing a lot of you know mediocrity there's a day where maybe this guy does better than the other but there hasn't been um a consistent um dominant performance from one guy to to the other so i'm really looking forward to seeing if maybe going against a lesser defense sure let's let's go with the argument that the the the, the 49ers have you know, one of the best defenses and that's what's, you know, making the, the quarterback struggles, um, you know, what they are, um, you know, iron sharp, sharpens iron as, as Robert Fala once said. So let, let's hope that what they've been doing in Santa Clara will pay dividends, um, not just this week against the Raiders, but, you know, in the season. But yeah, I mean, I, I really want to see if any of these quarterbacks are going to put together some some good practices and it's going to translate uh, in the preseason game. And, and if, you know, that that helps us kind of get a better understanding and idea of what we have to look forward to in this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm on the same boat. I think we all are. We're going to be watching the quarterbacks intently in all of these reports. And like I said earlier, I think I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to what the Raiders beat writers are, are saying yeah. about the 49ers because, you know, sometimes there isn't a lot of handing out of compliments on, on an opposing team, even for beat writers. But if they do, it, it tells you something. And if they say someone looks bad, then ooh, like that's pretty bad too. Um, so I, yeah, I'll, I'll be paying attention to that. And, and especially in regards to the quarterback position and also like the trenches, um, because that's kind of hard to notice in usually in these scrimmages. So I'm excited for it and and we'll see what comes of it. Just really quickly, the Elijah Mitchell's still out with his injury. Mm-hmm. So the 49ers did work out four running backs today. Duke Johnson, Brian Hill, Jeremy McNichols, and Jason Huntley. Don't read too much into it, guys. Like this is just probably strictly for the practice and some of these preseason games we're about to see because, you know, again, Elijah Mitchell's not out there. We've been seeing a lot of TDP and Jordan Mason getting a a lot of snaps. You want to keep those guys, you know, fresh. You don't want them, you know, getting hurt before the season starts either. So um, I think just having another body out there um, is good. And of course, Christian McCaffrey, you don't want him getting, you know, more snaps than he needs to in these scrimmages either. So, don't look too 
far into it. Um, but if I had to throw in a favorite out of this group, I'd say Duke Johnson would be pretty, <laughs> pretty nice. They, ha- so. they had him in already. Didn't they have him in last year or something? I could have sworn I heard his name last year, but I could be mistaken. Or... I, I don't think so. I don't think maybe so. Maybe he was just Jeremy somebody McNichols that they was rumored. At, at okay. Point. That was McNichols. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I could see Duke Johnson being somebody that, um, Shanahan would favor if, if need be, just because he has that kind of dual threat capability in terms of a running back that can run the ball and also has pass catching ability. So I agree with you on that one. Yeah, but but we'll see. It, it's nothing too notable. Nothing. No, <laughs> just, no. I just had to throw it out there. Um, but Kev, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a blast talking 49ers with you. We're going to have to, you know, maybe try to do this again at some point in the season. No, absolutely. I'd love to, Steph. And you're killing it. Keep doing what you're doing. Super happy to uh, see you out here grinding and out there with all the big boys getting your name out there. And uh, um, I'm just pumped to continue to see you delivering uh, awesome content. And whenever you need me, I'm here, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. For all you guys that tuned in, make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe if you have not yet. But for now, have a good rest of your Monday, people. Peace.